wide unclasp the tables of their thoughts. These same thoughts people their little worlds. Welcome to Wide Unclasped. Hello, I'm your host, Chris Garcia, editor of Wide Unclasped, the zine that is currently a part of Silicon Valley, the podcast, blog, and occasional publication that looks at the lost sites of Silicon Valley. All my life, I've been a massive fan of the Winchester House. My dad used to take me there more or less weekly. We'd stop by at least to walk through the gardens, sometimes just to go to the arcade, occasionally just to walk through the wonderful and sadly gone gun collection that they had there. This led me to start researching probably about 1989. There's a lot to say about the Winchester House in general. And what this podcast will do is a lot what like what the zine does. It looks at not only stories of the house, but stories of the paranormal, how the history of San Jose is often informed by the Winchester story. I'll be looking at the books. I've actually finished reading Captive of the Labyrinth, and I have thoughts. Most of them positive. A couple things I quibble with, but we'll get to that later. And one of the things that is very, very important to me is a look at Victorian architecture and the architecture of the house. The house is a marvel and a bit of a mishmash of not only Victorian architectural styles, but also methods of execution, methods of design. Mrs. Winchester in general was a fairly good designer. You know, yeah, absolutely. The stairways that go to nowhere are artifacts. The doors that open to big drops, for the most part, are because there was a balcony there that had fallen. You can The most famous door to nowhere obviously had a balcony in front of it at one point uh, before it fell probably in the 06 earthquake. But there are other things where you could tell, well, she probably hadn't thought that all the way through. We will definitely be talking about ghost stories, 100%. Because... Not only are there ghosts there, and I've known many people who have seen and encountered them, but there's a bigger story to be told about the paranormal and how it informs how we interact with the physical house. I'll also be talking about spiritualism, because that's a very, very significant part of the story. It would be weirder if Sarah Winchester were not into spiritualism, being of her class and where she was from, and her background even, than if she was. And a lot of people say that her interest in spiritualism is what led to the rumors of the, you know, she dies if she stops building. And there's a lot on both sides of that to bump up against, both in favor and against. There's one thing about Sarah Winchester is the record is muddy, very muddy. She was a recluse, of course, but maybe not as much of a recluse as we think. If you go through old social records and registers, particularly in San Francisco, a little bit in Oakland, some in Las Gatas, she didn't seem to have a lot to do socially with the people of San Jose or Santa Clara, for that matter. Santa Clara would have been the closest sort of, I wouldn't say city because it was still sort of very rural, very farm-like, but there was a congregation of people there, of some of very high standing that she doesn't seem to have much interaction with, with a couple of possible exceptions. But she definitely attended a couple of weddings that we've I've seen her name listed. Now, Sarah Winchester is not exactly an unknown name. There's a Sarah A. Winchester who was a teacher, I believe, down in Santa Barbara. There was a Sarah 
H. Winchester, who was in the Sacramento area, but you do see Sarah L. Winchester and Mrs. Winchester without a Mr., because usually in social registers they're listed as Mr. and Mrs., which would lead to say probably Sarah was attending the occasional event. Probably not a lot, and certainly I haven't seen anything later than about 1905. So I'm going to be digging into that. One of the things I'm looking at is a lot of the newspapers from Santa Clara, which I hear had some coverage of her, but they are not scanned and online. Newspapers.com can only get you so far. But a couple of places where I'm definitely going to look is into the history of San Jose in general, and particularly Winchester Boulevard and Stevens Creek, and how they've both evolved to benefit, to minimize, and eventually to exploit the Winchester house itself. I'm definitely going to be looking at why the dome theaters mean so much. To me personally, I worked at them, and uh, some of the best stories of sightings of ghosts I have heard are from the theaters. And I'm definitely going to be looking at why 280, where it runs, why it was there, why it was put there, how it changed the general landscape of that area, and why there was no major archaeological survey done of the area. That's something that always bummed me out. We don't know of, at least widely, a Ohlone or any group's occupation near that area. It would surprise me if it weren't, because it was very flat. Uh, of course, Yanata, Yanata via, via, Yanata Vila, or Via, uh, means house on the flatlands, more or less. But now there's the ditch that 280 sits in. There is some sort of gentle curvature there. And why? So that area certainly would have been used probably for hunt, hunting at least. But there's not a lot of evidence that it was a any sort of sort of permanent residence for the Ohlone of which I'm a member of the tribe, so good to know that. But it's going to be a very broad view, not just the house, because there are so many wonderful stories about the house I'll be telling, and hopefully interviewing people who worked there to get their stories. But I wanted to start with one very simple story, and it's a story of how the house presented itself to me when I returned from Boston. I lived in Boston in 1998, to 1999, very early. And I came back because I had moved back there basically to be with a girl, got a job at a computer museum, got a job at a different computer museum out here. So I hadn't been to the house for four or five years at that point. I walked in, walked into the gift shop, and I've never quite been able to put my finger on the sensation because it wasn't fear. I do have friends who have actually walked into the gift shop and have actually become overwhelmed with a sense of fear as if there is something always with them that they can't feel, but they know is there. They get the same feeling at the Rosicrucian Museum, in fact. And there's something I will probably cover a little bit because there are some paranormal events there as well. But when I walked in, the closest I could come to is returning into a place that you remember, but is now completely different. It was almost like a deja vu for something I've never experienced before. And as I walked through and I looked around and walked through the garden, which I used to love to do, just pop in and walk through the garden, and no one ever bothered me. Occasionally I'd even pop into the house and people would be like, oh, you shouldn't be here, and I'd walk out. Um, but the whole time, it was at once calming but invigorating. It set things 
clear, but at the same time, made you want to do things, made you want to engage. It really did open me up. It was a very strange, strange thing. I can only imagine this is what people who are deep into religion get when with through a revival or something like that. It was marvelous. And I'm hoping that I can give you a sense of that with this podcast. So I hope you'll stay tuned, and I hope if you have any connection with the house at all, drop me an email. It'll be in the show notes. And I'd love to hear from you. So thanks a lot for listening to Wide Unclassed. 